wisdom. But I still, I've been struggling these days. <laughs> I had wisdom prepared, but as soon as I got here, I felt that we haven't quite finished with getting the most out of the ministry of your pastor. So I'm going to go back to it. Is that okay? Is that alright? Because I feel that I will be doing a great disservice by telling you to get the most out of your pastor's ministry and not showing you how to. I don't know whether you understood what I said. It's okay to tell me that something is necessary and something is needful. But if you don't tell me how I can do it, then I will still resort to my default setting, which is stoning the pastor. Amen. How many know that the default setting is stoning the pastor? Because Jesus said that Jerusalem, Jerusalem, rejecting all the prophets that are sent to you, I would have wanted to gather you, but you would not. Which means that the natural proclivity of Jerusalem is what? To reject the, the prophet, to reject the ministry of the gift of God. And I said to you that any gift that is given is subject to two things. Either accepted or rejected. If it's a gift, then I can accept it or reject it. Hallelujah. And then I went on to say that the value that the giver placed on it is not the same value the receiver placed on it. If the receiver were to place a high premium on the gift, they will respect the gift. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are giving um, a paper or a plastic flower, that you don't think you have any need of, what would you do? You throw it away because you feel that there is no value. But if someone were to tell you that that plastic flower is worth two million pounds, immediately your attitude towards that plastic flower will change. You know, when I see certain art, for me, it's nonsense. It's just a child that is scribbled something. It is worthless to me because I have no value for art, fine art. But an art person will say this is Van Gogh's abstract art that was drawn in 17 something something and it's worth $2 million or $20 million and everybody begins to, they, they put security, they put police people to guard this, this child's scribbling because of the premium that has been put on it. Amen. In the same way, the premium we put on our pastor and his message will either make his ministry valuable to us or worthless to us. Amen. It is the premium we put on, not the premium others put on. It's not the premium necessary that God has, because God has put maximum premium in the gifts that he has given to you. And when he has sent them, he gave gifts unto men. 
some he gave apostles, some he gave prophets, he gave evangelists, he gave pastors and teachers for the equipment of the saints for the work of the ministry. That you will be brought to maturity and not be a child tossed about to a throne. Which means that God knows that the pastor, no matter how he looks or sounds, has been given the gift to mature you and I. Am I making sense? But how you receive it, how you receive it would make us become mature quickly or not mature at all. And I proved to you how the teacher in the class, no matter how funny he sounds, is able to train some doctors, some engineers, some lawyers, some, and then some dropouts in the same class. <laughs> that makes sense. In the same class, the teacher is, is able to teach some that become great and some drop out because of the very levels of value that the students have put on the teacher. Am I making sense? And we read in Second Chronicles 2020 that the last part that the, if we believe in the prophets, we shall be, we shall prosper. Amen. We shall do well if we believe in the servants he gives us. Amen. So today my message is how to pull out the best out of your prophets or your man or woman of God. Hallelujah. How to pull out the best. We saw how in Luke chapter 6 the people were able to pull out miracles from Jesus. And Luke chapter 13, uh, Matthew chapter 13, when he went into his own hometown, there was no miracle at all. The same Jesus. He's emanating the same power. But in his own hometown, he could do nothing. But when he was elsewhere, Power came out of him. Amen. Amen. So how were the people able to pull power out of Jesus? Let's look at that scripture again. Look. Amen. Look at the sisters 18 to 20. About it. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. Then they lifted up their eyes towards, he lifted up his eyes towards his disciples and said, Blessed are you who for your, for yours, you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So your reception to the gift of God has a lot to do with what you are going to get from God through him. Your reception of the gift of God has a lot to do with how you are going to get more from God through him. Remember we said in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 that we have treasure in earthly vessels so that the excellency of power is not of 
ourselves by the soul of God. Hallelujah. So if we can see past the person, the personality, see past Jesus and where he comes from, and the question around surrounding his birth and who his father is and who his father is not, then we'll be able to get the gift of God from him. Hallelujah. Amen. So the first thing I want us to see is that the pastor or the prophet or the person we're speaking is a gift from God. Amen. And he has a word to liberate you. In other words, your key to prosperity is in his mouth. Yeah, I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. Hello? It doesn't matter who the pastor is. It doesn't matter who, who is preaching and who is not preaching. It does not matter. Just take it and understand that the person who is preaching is God sent and he has the message from God to you. That message that is able to give you the key to unlock the prosperity to your life. Amen. How many would take a message because of how beautifully dressed the, the messenger is? Oh, you are not understanding. For me, in order to receive this type of message, you have to be wearing a three-piece suit. You have to look a certain way. You have to come, you know, with a certain type of uh, uh, structure and everything. Then I can receive from you. Hallelujah. Samuel was told by God that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the what? The inward man. Amen. So I want us to move, and I said to you that for us to become, to move out of our default setting, we must deliberately do that. Am I making sense? You cannot naturally go in a natural default setting and expect to receive. Are you getting it? You have to have a certain, a certain, put away a certain type of thinking. Put away a certain type of, you know, way your, your mind works and begin to accept some things. Amen. Now anybody that is sent from God has the key to your deliverance. When the angel came, Mary did not know where the angel came from. And the word the angel came to give Mary was a difficult word to accept. Sometimes the message is a difficult message to accept. Sometimes the instruction is a difficult instruction to accept. But the attitude that Mary had was that I am the handmaiden of God. Let it be done to me according to your, your word. Mary did not argue with the angel from whence come thou. How long did you spend in the Bible school? How many days have you been in the presence of God? That she had no business with that. All she knew is that this is a word that has come from God. So let it be done to me according to your word. 
And then Mary kept it in her heart to see whether this thing was so. And when she started seeing a few things that confirmed to her that what was said to her was so, the Bible says that it gave her the, the, the uh, courage to go to Jesus at the wedding to say that they don't have any wine. And furthermore, to tell the servant that whatever he says, just do it. Hallelujah. So we need to go past the person who is preaching. The reason why the people in the, the area where the book of Hebrews was written had a problem with Paul was that Paul was not physically appealing. Unlike Apollos. Apollos was good looking. Apollos was upright, tall, had a personality. You, you, you get it. But Paul was hunched back. Paul was very short. And he looked like, you know how hunched? Yeah, that's how Paul looked. So Paul says that when I came to you, I did not come in the excellence of power. <laughs> you get what I'm I did not come with a lot. See, Paul was strong when he was writing. But weak when he was face to face. Uh, you get what I'm saying. So most most of the instructions Paul gave was was written in his absence and sent to the church. When he was in the church, he didn't say some of the things he said. He was a paper tiger. <laughs> How many know who paper tigers are? There are some people who are paper tigers. When they are behind the computer, they are very, very strong. When they are, when they are online, they, they, they can bully people. But when they are in front of them, they can't do anything. That was how Paul was. Hallelujah. But those who accepted Paul's ministry were transformed. Are you getting what I'm saying? They went past his physical. His stature did not mean anything. Amen. It was his his word that they dwelt on, and that is what has changed them. And today we have the benefit of the power of the ministry of Paul because we can't see him. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The reason why we believe and our lives are transformed so much is because we haven't seen Paul. So we believe in him. Because he's very powerful. His word is powerful. He's a fantastic preacher. But if you were in the days of Paul, you would have totally missed his ministry. Hallelujah. Because naturally, we judge with our eyes. We judge our ears. We judge our feelings. So if the person doesn't shout, they don't jump. They are not excited. They don't look good. That's a problem. We have a problem receiving a message. I don't know. I think this microphone is worse than the one I was using before. 
the other one, the battery is cut. So maybe equalize a little better. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you are preaching, they do the same thing, thing to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, number one is what? Receive, receive what? As a gift of God. Re do not receive the man, receive the man of God. Amen. Do not receive what? The man, the man receive what? The God in the man. Hallelujah. Amen. They were looking for a prophet. And there was no prophet in the land. So, King Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not a prophet in the land? And they said, um, As for this place, there's no known prophet. The only person we know who is around here is Elisha, who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. He is not a renowned prophet. All we know is that he is a water pourer of the prophets. Then Jehoshaphat said, send for him, for the word of God is in his mouth. Amen. Jehoshaphat, with that statement, had bypassed the history of Elisha, mm. the experience of Elisha, mm. the number of churches Elisha had pastored. Mm. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because for you and I, when they mention a person, we Google him. To see what church he has pastored, how many miracles he has done. And what are his credentials? When we see a credential that is worth noting, then now we want to listen to what he has to say. Amen. But I want us to change from today. When the man comes, don't receive the man. Receive the God inside the man. Because the God inside the man is the one that has sent him. The one whose message the man is delivering is not his message, it's the God in him. Amen. Amen. And there's a scripture, I think it's in uh, Psalm 42, deep calls unto deep. I think there's seven that there about some, is it Psalm 42? Yeah. Look for it for me. It says that deep calls unto deep. You know, when you See the man, you receive verse 7, I think, here. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of the waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the, in that, in the day, in the daytime, and in the night his son shall be with me. A prayer to the, to the God of my life. Hallelujah. When you look into the God in the man, there is a certain spirit inside of you 
that will bear witness to the spirit inside the man, of the man when he is communicating to, to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there's the spirit inside of you locks onto the anointing in the person, then there's the performance. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? So don't don't be impressed with the person's English. Don't be impressed with his dress sense. Don't be impressed with his style of delivery. Don't be impressed with the gimmicks. Because we pastors, we also learn gimmicks. Because we know that their congregation, they like what they see. Are you getting this? So we also try to create some mystery. Are you getting it? For most of us, our background is African tradition. And we believe more when the thing is mysterious. When we put a certain scary bits around it, then it makes us believe more. Do you get it? Because that's our culture. So if I go to a place and I want, I'm dealing with Africans, I want to Watch this, watch this. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I had it. I had it. Thank you, Lord. Okay. You didn't hear what the Lord said to me, did you? But as I was preaching, the Lord just spoke to me. And the Lord said, immediately want to hear what the Lord said. Because as I was preaching, I stopped in the middle of the preaching and said, Thank you, Lord. And listen to what you were saying. So we add all those gimmicks to make you believe us more. Hallelujah. But today I want us to cut, a, cut away all those types of gifts and look at the Bible and say that do not believe the man. Believe in the God in the man. Hallelujah. Believe in the God in the man. Amen. Believe the word and the power of the word. Hallelujah. In John chapter 6 verse 63 said that the words that I speak unto you they are spirits. And they are what? Life. It will only be spirit and life to you when you receive it as coming from God. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Otherwise, it won't be anything. It will be like, you know, but if you are thinking in your mind as I'm preaching that, you know, our pastor wants us to start looking at things like he's uh, Meaning God, he want to see, he wants us to see him as some anointed person. So he's trying to create this mystery around him with this type of message. Immediately, everything I'm saying is nonsense to you. That's right. I, I, you get what I'm saying? Because you have concluded in your mind what you think I'm trying to get at. So anything I'm saying don't make any sense. Amen. What it is that you have rejected my person. So forget the God in me. And forget the spirit inside of me that is coming. Because once you reject me, the only thing I say doesn't work for you. Amen. And that is what the people did to Jesus in his own country, own, uh, hometown. They rejected his personality. So the God inside of him didn't make any difference. Am I making sense? So from today, Decide that it is the God in the person I am after. 
understand. Not the person. Hallelujah. Number two. So are we okay? Number two, do not remain in the flesh whilst receiving the word. John chapter 12, verse 35 to 41. Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them who has believed our reports. But although he had done so, so, so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. That the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he has spoken, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. Because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their heart and turn, so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Hallelujah. Amen. So whilst he's preaching, receive, remain in the spirit so you can receive the spirit of the word. You know you can start in the spirit and end in the flesh. As you are receiving, when your mind starts to tell you that he's saying this because of that and this, immediately you are out. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's like introducing a little poison to a bucket of water. Immediately you contaminate the whole water. It only takes a little drop of poison and that's it. As the man is speaking down, he's lying. Immediately, everything he says from then on in, your, your spirit resists it. How many understand what I'm saying? How many have experienced something like that? So, whilst the message is going on, remain in the spirit. Allow your spirit to be ministered to. Don't allow anyone or anything to distract you. Don't ever come into the flesh. Um, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. He says that you have a very short time with the light. If you want to become a, the son of the light, then walk whilst you have what? Light. And light stands for revelation. Light stands for, for anointing, for spirituality. When the spirit is moving, walk in it. When the light of the word comes, use that light. Else, you will end up in darkness. And so, John was saying that just as the prophet said, 
that these people, they are hearing, but their hearts have been hardened. So instead of being in the spirit, they continue in the flesh. And so they walk in darkness. So they are in the house of God for years, but their spirit haven't gone anywhere. They haven't matured any, any day. They are spiritually, spiritual babies. They become dwarfs in the house of the Lord because they are of the flesh. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Because when they hear the word, they do not continue in the light of the word. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. Did you get the words of the song? When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, then the glory shines in our way. The word glory is the same as anointing. Then anointing shines in our way. The anointing there stands for the power that breaks the yoke in us. Are you with me? So the more we continue in the word and in the light of the word, it is the more the power of the light of the word breaks the yoke and breaks the hard parts, the difficult parts in our lives. is broken with the word. Hallelujah. These days, charismatic Christians, we believe more in laying on of hands and all those things more than the word of God. Somebody came to church on Sunday and said, Pastor, I was waiting for you to call, call people and pray for them because I was ready to come. But I was disappointed that you didn't call anybody to pray for them. Then I said that the word itself is powerful. If you can receive it, you don't need the hands being laid on you. Or you don't leave me to give you a direct prophecy before you realize that this word can transform your life. How many times did Jesus lay hands on people? Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Once again, our traditional default is coming in. Unless we see the gimmicks and the things we don't believe. Amen. So remain in the spirit from the beginning of the, the service to the end. So that you don't miss out on keys. Hallelujah. You see, anytime you come to the house of God, what is being given is a lot of words. But in the words are keys. Somebody say keys. And what does keys stand for? Keys stands for access. Are you with me? One key, finding the right door, gives you the bless, gives you access to the blessing that is hidden behind the door. Are you with me? So as I'm speaking, I'm saying a lot of things, but in everything I'm saying, there are a lot of keys. If you can cut the right key for the right door, then you have access to the blessing that is hidden in the door. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. 
Yeah. So if you don't remain alert and attentive, then you miss out on some of the keys. Because everybody here has something different that God wants to give them. Amen. But in the same message, some receive their keys. So number three, the number three thing is that before you go to the house of God, before you go to church, deal with your God and ask your God to speak through the man to give you answers to your questions. Um, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes you come to church, the message that they have been put, the title of the sermon has nothing to do with a question in your heart. Because the question inside of you is a marriage decision. Whether to choose a slippery sum or slimy Jeremiah. <laughs> are you with me? And we are talking about anointing. But in the anointing sermon is a key. If you have prayed, God will answer the question you asked in the sermon which had nothing to do with choice. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. It had nothing to do with choice, but God can speak through the man to give you your specific key. Hallelujah. So don't just come to church. We said that expectation is very important as a child of God, isn't it? The expectation of the righteous will not be cut. So you have to prepare before you come to church. That is also the reason why you must be in the house of God. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Because your answer can come and you are not in the house of God. And number two, your answer can come and you are busy being distracted. Mary had a lot of concentration. Martha, on the other hand, was very busy. If you look at the story, is it, is it John chapter 11? You, the Lazarus story, you will see that the way Jesus spoke to Mary was different from the way Jesus spoke to Martha when Lazarus died. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to do that exercise now, but when you go home, read it. You realize that Mary had a certain faith in Jesus that Martha didn't have. Martha was very angry with Jesus for not coming on time. Lord, if you had come, my brother would not have died. But Mary had a certain openness because Mary was the one who was attentive when Jesus was talking. Martha was distracted. You see, you can be in the house of God and be distracted and miss out on keys 
to enlarge your faith. Oh, I don't know. The way you've gone quiet, I'm, I'm not sure whether you understand. How many understand what I'm saying? That is why you can have somebody who will come to church within a few weeks and months. They become spiritually matured. And then you have been in church for years and years and years and not have anything. <laughs> How many understand? How many have seen some before? People just come within a few weeks. They are like spiritually. Like, How did these people just, this person just come and bypass all these people that are sitting here? Because they are Martha's and they are Mary's. Never ever be distracted. Amen. Never be distracted. Let your spiritual antenna go up. You think about it. Jesus was with these guys for just three and a half years. Just three and a half years. And when Jesus left, these guys stayed and lived for somebody like John. John was around 17 when Jesus was around. If he died three years later, John would still have been 20 years. John lived to be 90, 95, 96, according to Bible historians. So take 20 from 96, what do you have? What? So he went 76 years of his life on what he had for three and a half years. That should tell you how much concentration and attention these guys gave to the words that Jesus was speaking. Amen. Amen. But in our day today, you can be with a man for 10 years and if he leaves within two days, even whilst he's around. <laughs> how many are getting what I'm saying? Because it's like we, we, we don't, we can be in church and be very busy. It's good to be busy. It's good to be into whatever you're doing. You understand? You're asher. You're, but once it gets to the word, stop ushering. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I struggle. I struggle to understand why people will be moving around when the word is being preached. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Everything else can wait. Everything else can wait. Concentrate and get the best. Amen. Because it's, it's all about keys. One key will transform your life. One key. Hallelujah. I say one key will transform your life. Let me give you a testimony. I went to a certain meeting. When I went for the meeting, it's a meeting that I've gone a few times. And this particular person, when he comes, he does a lot of magic and everything. But that day, it was not the magic. When I say magic, the praying, laying on of hands, people falling down and all those type of things. But that day, it was something he said. He said something, and something broke inside of me. 
And I went for the man to pray for him, for me. And from that day, I received the anointing to write. I'm not a writer. I don't know. I am not, naturally, I'm not a writer. I don't, I'm a very hyperactive person. So to sit and write is not something that comes naturally to me. (laughs) Are you understand what I'm saying? So for me to be able to start writing books, it is not, it's a grace that I have received. It is not a natural thing. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. I mean, there are two ways of doing economics. You can do a lot of uh, writing or a lot of angles and calculation. I was an angles and calculation type of person. So when I'm answering questions in economics, it was more angles and more, more, when I mean diagrams, I write more diagrams and calculate because I don't like a lot of words. Because as I'm writing, I, I, I tend to forget what I'm writing. Then the rest becomes nonsense. <laughs> how, how many understand what I'm saying? But I received a certain grace in a meeting. I wasn't looking for it. But I received it from somebody. Amen. I was, I was talking to uh, the pastor who came last week and he, on Sunday. And he was like, oh, I covet the grace of writing. That is on you. And it's something I've never ever thought of. But when he said that, as I was driving, I was thinking about it. That, mm, grace. And I realized, you are not a writer. Are <laughs> you getting what I'm saying? It's a grace that you have received. A grace can transform your life from something you are not to something that you become for life. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? So always as they're preaching, going, listen now for the key and listen now for the grace. Because once it falls on you, that's it. Your life has transformed. Amen. Number Number four. Ask God to give you a sense of anticipation. A sense of anticipation. What does it mean to anticipate something? Anticipation comes from expectation, isn't it? Are, are you going? Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? It comes to anticipation. Do you anticipate something? We read the story in uh, Acts chapter 3 where the man who was sitting, the crippled man, was sitting by the gate. Remember? And when John and Peter approached him, he fixed his eyes on them expecting or anticipating to receive something. And they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I to you. And because he had anticipation and expectation, he was able to still maintain his focus and get the blessing. That transformed his life. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
So it's very important that you have anticipation. Every service. There's nothing like a service that is free. Do you understand what I'm saying? You must have the same level of, of anticipation for every service. Have an expectation. Amen. Have, have you ever gone for a meeting and you, before you went, you prayed that, let the prophet prophesy over my life. And then you went and the person prophesied. Yeah. Do you know why he, the person prophesied? Because your spirit was calling him to prophesy. I get that all the time. So I'll, I'll, I'll be preaching and the Lord will say that this person, say this thing to this person. And I say, yeah. Because they, they, they pulled it out from me. I don't know whether you understand what I'm doing. Yeah. Because they demanded it. And as I'm preaching, that demand, I have to respond to it. Because you anticipate, you are pulling it. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Yeah. So anticipate. From the beginning of the service to the end, have an expectation. Even in the worship. Even in the worship. Expect something. Hallelujah. I said expect something. Never ever go without expectation. Remember the guy who was sitting by the pool for 38 years. Did he have any expectation? Every year, the water is disturbed. And anyone who falls in is healed. Right? Now the healer himself came and stood by him. And what was he still doing? Complaining. I don't have anybody to put me in the water. For 38 years, I have stopped dreaming. I have stopped expecting. I have stopped even wishing to have somebody to put me in. The woman with the issue of blood said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, my life and my problem will be healed. Amen. And as she pressed the crowd to touch the hem of what do you think was going through her mind? Expectation, anticipation that when I touch, everything will be over. Hallelujah. Do we have that? Our church becomes routine. Listen, never allow any service to be a routine for you. Never ever allow any service to be a routine for you. Don't wait for a crusade or um, miracles, revival service or all those type of things before you expect to receive something. Today, you can receive something. Hallelujah. I said today you can receive something that will change your life. Amen. Build your expectation. One number my own. Number five, prepare before you come to church. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worship. Let me ask a question. 
Have you ever had, you know, like you had your quiet time on a Sunday morning or, or Wednesday, you were singing a certain worship song, you came to church and the same song was what was being sung. Has it happened to you before? Immediately, the service takes a certain importance, a certain relevance that it, every other service doesn't have. Do you get it? But if you are quarreling at home or fighting or gossiping, and then you brought the gossip into church. <laughs> Everything just goes over the bar. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so spend time. Spend time. You are coming to meet God. Not the man. Forget about the man. Don't have that attitude. It's as for, as for when Reverend is preaching here. Yeah, receive. No, no, no. Because the day you come and I'm not preaching. It means no. It's not about anybody. Bible says that he takes the foolish things of this world. Isn't it? He will use the base things. He will use anybody. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. It's my time up. Or I can give you a couple more. Number, number six, participate. Don't be a spectator. Amen. Oh, I just said something and you just went back into the, the mode of <laughs> spectating. <laughs> hallelujah. So join in saying amen, join in saying hallelujah, join in saying praise the Lord, join in saying you are preaching, join in saying all those things. Because it helps you to concentrate more. It helps you to receive more. When you become aloof, when you become very, very passive, when you become very, you know, like a pedestrian in the preaching of the word, you don't receive anything. Are you with me? Because by the time you realize you are falling asleep. How many know what I'm talking about? But when you are engrossed in the message and you are saying amen and you are standing up and you are receiving, you can't feel sleepy because you are invested in the message. Hallelujah. So become a participator of the word. Don't become a spectator. Be invested in the preaching. Amen. How many know that football spectators are very, 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 very engrossed? They are sold out into what is going on. So they don't miss anything. If somebody kicks somebody, they all scream, ref! It's a penalty. Why? But if you are not a football fan and you go, you miss it. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to be invested in what is going on. Amen. Spectators, football spectators are invested in the game. So they don't miss anything. Are you getting it? Those who are just there 
because they, they want to go and visit or they are accompanying somebody. They are not invested. They miss everything. Hallelujah. Are you invested or you are not? That is why from today you have to be invested. You have to, you know, the amens, you are standing up when something is being preached and it's like it's entering, you stand up. All those things, they make, they help you to be invested even more. And they help you to receive more. You start, you start writing your shopping list. That, you know, I have to pass through uh, Sainsbury's before I get home. I have to go through Aldi. When I go, I have to buy spinach. I have to buy rice. I have to buy uh, chicken. And then it's like, as you are doing your list, when the message is being preached, the keys will just pass by. <laughs> hey, Pastor Sam. I hear you. Amen. Amen. So participate. Take notes. Next one. How many have you got? Number seven. Before you can pray for the pastor. Pray that God will speak through the pastor to you. Am I teaching you how to receive? Yeah. Pray that today the word that is coming will be your word. That will change your life. Pray that today your healing is in the word. Pray that today your healing is in the pastor. That today pastor will lay hands on me and my life will change. My, I will receive my healing today. Say Lord speak to the man to pray for me. And when you come the man will call you and pray for you. Hallelujah. Yes. Am I making sense? Because, yes. brothers and sisters, this is a spiritual thing. This place is a very spiritual place. It is not like a lecture theater. It is not like a, a cinema hall. It is not like another place you go. Here, spiritual things take place here. Amen. Amen. So let's become more spiritual. Let us not treat spiritual things with our flesh. Otherwise, we'll miss the essence of everything we are doing. Hallelujah. So pray, invest in prayer. Invest in the prayer to the man who is coming to preach, the woman who is coming to preach, that their preaching will be relevant to you. Because sometimes you you can come to church and the whole message is over the bar. Hallelujah. Are we pulling more out of our pastor? Yeah. The next one, begin to share testimonies. And they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of what? Their testimonies. See, what testimonies does is that testimony increases your faith. Hallelujah. Testimony makes you believe more. 
Testimony makes you expect more. Testimonies make you see more. Are you with me? What made Mary believe in the son to do miracles was this little, little testimony that she had seen him do. And so she had faith. Are you with me? When you don't share testimonies, after a while, you, you yourself, you begin to doubt. I, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The more you share testimonies about your what you was going, what has happened to you, the more you yourself your faith is enlarged, and the more you see, and the more you get. Hallelujah. Let us see the modern day charismatic church. We become very reserved because we don't want people into our business. Because if my if I share my testimony, people will get into my business. Are you with me? But your, your testimony is a key to somebody. <laughs> Am I making sense? Your testimony is a key to somebody. So as you share your testimony, somebody receives a key. And somebody's faith is increased. And it stirs up the atmosphere so that more miracles happen. Amen. Yeah. I pray for... for when uh, Pastor Sam shared uh, his testimony was it on Friday. Friday. Yeah. Somebody called me and said, Pastor, I, I, I listened to the thing. I also wanted to say that, say my own. See, you remember we were having this conversation. You said this and this and this and this, and this to me. I said, when was that? Yes. Everything you said. Same thing with her. She wanted, uh, what do you call it? Scholarship. And I said the same thing to her. And she got a scholarship. Say, you didn't pray. You had a conversation. So when Pastor Sam was saying, I want to, also wanted to share my own. Hallelujah. So the more you share that your testimony, the more others' faith Increases and the more they see, and the more the, the, the place becomes stirred up. Hallelujah. The reason why many people were anywhere Jesus went, they were going to see and to receive from him was because the ones who went and got healed did not keep quiet. <laughs> Am I making sense? They, they, the more they spoke, the more others came. And the more they came with expectation, and the more they received. And the, the, the cycle continues. So the more, the more, the more, the more. The less, the less, the less, the less. Amen. Amen. Have you been blessed? Yes. Stand to your feet. <laughs>